Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Hello everyone. The past few weeks I've been playing a lot of Skyrim and doing a lot of D&D stuff, like preparing the games and playing with some friends and you know stuff like that. And it's been great. It's been enjoyable. I'm loving it and things like that. And just playing these two games has gotten me thinking a lot about dungeon crawling. And I'm not talking about games like Binding of Isaac or Enter the Gungeon, where it's like a randomized dungeon you're going through. I'm talking about a game that's like an RPG that has elements of dungeons that you go through for some quest or some other reason, whether it be optional or mandatory for the main story. And the big highlight I'm looking at that kind of really got me onto this topic was in Elder Scrolls Skyrim was Blackreach. Now, for those of you who have played through Skyrim, you know what I'm talking about. And for those of you who may not play through Skyrim, well, I'm going to give you a little background throughout this you know, short little discussion we're going to have for the entire purpose of what makes a good dungeon. So we get Blackreach. It's, I wouldn't say it's halfway... I think it's a little past halfway of like the main quest line in Skyrim to, you know, defeat Alduin and save the world and yada yada yada. You reach a place called Blackreach and it's amazing. Like I think it's like a popular vote that a lot of people love Blackreach in Skyrim. And it's understandable why. You reach this place that it's this huge underground almost like a little city. There's a lot of different buildings scattered around. There's these massive glow-in-the-dark mushrooms because you're in this underground cave, so you know it has that aesthetic. There's rivers and lakes that are in there, and there's a sense of exploration. So, sky, it, you know, let's focus on Blackridge. I want to focus on everything Blackridge has going forward and why it's important. So you're in this underground cavern. There's some exploration to it. You are there to find an Elder Scroll to do the thing for the main quest, right? When you get to Blackreach... You're told, like, yes, here's the quest marker. You have to go over in this direction to get to the Elder Scroll. Got it. But what about this building here? Oh, what's that over there? Oh, there seems like a river in that direction. There's a lot of things kind of darted around the area that gets your attention. Heck, when you first get in there, you walk forward, and if you look to the right a little bit, you know, somewhere in that direction, there is this massive, almost like, I don't know, mini sun, like this giant glowing orb that's hanging from the ceiling and it's like why is that over there let me go check that out or you go straight forward into the little building that's in front of you you check that out or you follow the stone path that kind of like zigzags around behind it so there's all these different options that you can kind of check out and it's all rewarding like you can go straight to get to the yellow scroll and be done with the place yeah that's fine or you can do a little bit of exploration. There's a side quest you can do down there. There's a lot of different ores down there, so you can get a lot of stuff from mining to do smithing. It's also like the one place that I know of that you can actually get soul stones, which you need for enchanting items and keeping your magic gear in check. So that's great. Let's harvest some soul stones down here. And then from that, the, it does one thing that most of Skyrim doesn't do. There's actually diversity of enemies down there, which I freaking love. Like when you get a dungeon, it's great to have a theme but it's nice to see a little bit of diversity within a dungeon especially in a game like skyrim because bethesda's usual answer to level scaling is you're going to fight another felmer but now it's like a felmer with an extra 20 levels behind it like it they just gauge up the enemies they don't diversify them they just make them stronger so you get to blackreach and yeah there are felmers which 
I fucking hate them. They're incredibly strong. It's ridiculous how strong they are across levels. Like, I have a harder time fighting them than the fucking final boss, Alduin. I have no problem fighting him, but Felmers, I don't want to deal with. But you get some of them. You get still some uh, Dwimmer automatons down there, like the different spheres, spiders, and the... I'm just going to call them mechs because they have, like, a couple different names. You also can... I found a giant. I don't know why there was a giant down there, but there was a giant down there. And with all these different enemies, other than, like, the two spheres that you fight when you first get in there because they see you, for the most part, you can kind of sneak around and dodge everything. Like, any build works down there in, in Blackreach. If you're a mage build, well, you got plenty of room to move around and escape combat and cast spells and, you know, protect yourself. If you're just a big tanky fighter meat face that likes to smash things in your face... Well, that's easy. You can see the enemies in the distance and run up and smash them. And there are some enemies perched up high, but there's enough cover you can use to get up to a ramp to get up to them and punch them to death. And if you decide to be that stealthy rogue type, well, again, the area is big enough that, yeah, you can see the path that leads to your goal. However, you can just duck around to the side. And since the area is big enough, you can just go into sneak mode and completely avoid the enemies. Like, you don't even need an incredibly high sneak. And I know Bethesda is famous especially in Skyrim, for their, you know, sneak bow builds, where if you have a 90 sneak like I have with my one character, an enemy could touch you and they won't even know you're there. Blackreach at least gives you some room that maybe you're not that high of level yet, or maybe you didn't decide to go for, like, full 90 sneak, 100 sneak right at the bat. You can still work around that and dodge pretty much all the enemies down there. And that is, I think, what a dungeon crawler is. It combines these two great elements of exploration with combat sprinkled around that is mostly optional, but it's not overwhelming. So when you take Blackreach and you compare it to the rest of Skyrim being that major open world, it gets a little overwhelming. And because they have fast travel, they they mean they really need fast travel. The game would be unplayed without fast travel. Yeah, it's kind of cool to explore it, you know, the first time. But then I just want to fast travel. And, like, if I'm doing another uh, file, you know, another save, another character, I just... I don't have it in me to do all the exploration, especially when you can, you know, I've had it before. I'm like, hey, look, a fort. I wonder what's here. And then out of nowhere, I get attacked by 20 mages that are all frost mages. And since I'm in heavy armor, I now can't move and I get killed instantly. I'm like, great. Now I got to go revert back to whatever my last autosave was. Great. It's just because it's so big and I just happen to go this way. I've had it also happen playing Red Dead Redemption. You know, someone screams help to you like, oh, let me help them because I'm a decent soul. And then you get jumped by a couple bandits and you get killed. Like, well, shit. And this is something that happens with a lot of those open-world exploration games where something could happen out of nowhere, and then you really get set back. And, like, yeah, the exploration of the open world is fun, but because it took me forever to get here, and I was so close to getting to my goal when I got fucked over, and now I have to redo all that, it, it kind of loses its, you know, you lose steam after that. Somewhere like Blackreach, since it's not large enough to have fast shovel points, if you die and you don't really save often, so you go back to your last autosave... You not sit back too far because it's not a lot of it's not too big, and also because there's enough like random buildings sprinkled around and auto saves happen whenever you go in or out of a building, you can just duck into buildings constantly, and even if you don't get anything in there, at least you get the auto save, which is nice. And then on top of that, there are elevators that lead back up to the surface, so you can just kind of come and go as you please from this location from different entrances. So it gives you that feel of it being massive, and on top of that, because it's just mostly an underground cavern. And there are some locations like the top of towers and things like that. I actually found myself like getting to a top of a tower and just kind of standing there and looking over all Blackreach and just like kind of taking in because 
yeah, if you go to the top of the Throat of the World, you can see White Run. You can see a few other places in Skyrim, but because you're so high up and it can only render so much, you kind of lose focus of everything around you, and you're just sick and tired of climbing the mountain anyway. You don't really give a shit. You just want to be done with it. Blackreach is not that hard to climb mountains. It There are ramps everywhere, and there are towers. There are easily defined paths that you can take, because I hate that about Skyrim, where I'm trying to get up to a cave that's in a mountain, and I'm either taking a horse to just break the laws of physics, or since I'm on PC, I use a freaking console command just warp myself there, because like, I don't feel like spending half an hour finding the fucking path to get up there. Blackreach, it's clear where the bridges are and where the ramps are to get here and there. And then because I can see 90% of Blackreach on the top of a tower, I can be like, I've been there, I've been there, I haven't been there yet. Let me go check out where that spot is. And that's what I ended up doing. I recalled the giant glowing orb on the ceiling. I recalled those tall mushrooms that I just saw before. Oh, I haven't gone over to that, that pier yet where the river is. Let me go there because that's towards the direction of where I have to go. And let me see what's sprinkled in that area. There's plenty of easy exploration that goes down there. And many games that do bring in dungeons, Skyrim being one of them, hell, let's you know bring Fallout into this because they are a Bethesda game. You can also look at things like Mass Effect, where there are optionals, let's just call them dungeons, these little side areas where you go into buildings or underground passages, something like that. But they're never well defined. In Skyrim, every Doomer Ruin is pretty much the same. You fight the same enemies... The layout's pretty much the same. The traps are exactly the same. And yes, there's themes, but there's not enough uniqueness for a majority of them unless there's like a special quest there, obviously. You look at Fallout, it's all ruins. It can't be very diverse there. Again, there are quests that are tied to certain ruins, but for the most part, other than the quest, there's really nothing that makes these ruins stand out. And then Mass Effect has that same problem with all the planets you can go to you know, when you go into one of those mine shafts that they have, it's the map's pretty similar. You know, Dragon Age 2 was a sh- guilty of this huge guilt here. And I was so upset playing it because I was used to Dragon Age Origins where, yeah, there weren't a lot of dungeons, even with the side quests, but every single one was unique and there was some exploration to each of them. When you play Dragon Age 2, it's the same copy and pasted format for everything like if you go to this location and you have to go into like a side building i know exactly what the layout's gonna be like because it's the same as every other one it's just a lot of like copy and pasting and a lot of those massive games suffer from that with all the side quests and having to do a little bit of dungeon calling for a side quest you get copy and pasting and even games that you know don't have those side quests but do have kind of dungeon calling as their main story suffer from it also i mean paper mario thousand year door I love the game. I think the game does just about everything right. In the context of the discussion of today, the one thing it falls back on is those dungeon-style chapters. When you go to, like, Hooktail Castle and the Great Boogly Tree in the first two chapters, Pirate Grotto in the fifth chapter, heck, even, the, you know, the Moon Base and the Palace of, what is it, Shadow? Yeah, at the end of the game, they are dungeons, for the most part, you can call them dungeons, and especially for the last chapter, you spend the entire time in that dungeon. Now, the rooms are different, and there is a sense of progress that you get going through them. There's not much feel of exploration. Granted, that's not what Paper Mario was about. It was more kind of about the humor and the unique combat system and everything, which it did perfectly fine. It would have been, you know, looking at it in a lens of today... Not when the game was made, but like, let's say if we're looking into a new Paper Mario game, why not 
go back to the traditional style of Thousand Year Door with the combat and everything, but bring in newer elements of exploration, which I know they kind of like did with Color Splash and a couple of the other games. They tried to get a little more like intuitive with the environments and stuff like that. So do that. Give us dungeons that are a little more explorative than linear. Like it was kind of cool that you were doing a little bit of backtracking with purpose, especially in chapter two when you're escaping the tree. You're going through parts of the tree you've already been to, but you're using shortcuts and stuff and seeing new passages. So it is kind of cool seeing how the dungeon links together. And that's what Blackreach did. Being able to see of all Blackreach allowed you to kind of connect everything together without using the map. And that's what makes the overworld of Skyrim it's a pitfall. It's I can't really link everything together without using the map because the world is so big. Yes, it gives me a lot to do. However, I really don't want to do all of it. Like, I already beat the game with one character, and I'm playing through with another character now, but uh, it's hard to keep going. Like, I'm playing a different style to give me something a little bit different, and I'm looking for a couple different items than I used to because I'm not really a spellcaster this time. I'm a two-handed fighter. Yeah, I'm looking at a few different things. It's just difficult because I have to go... I should do the main quest eventually because there's some good stuff to get. But it's tough because that map is so big. And it's like, okay, I got to go here and do this. And then I go to that over there. It's it's just difficult. Blackreach, I didn't have to worry about that. I had a dungeon that was focused. In Paper Mario, as much as the dungeons were linear, they were focused. And even though I've beaten the game many times, I'm still happy to play it again because I know the start and the end goal and I understand it. I might not be able to see it going into the dungeon, but I know where to go with it. And it we we could use a game. I think here's here's my thought on this with dungeon crawling. Give us a game that has a little more linearity than Skyrim. I have no problem with open world gaming. I think it's pretty cool, especially in RPG standpoint. It gives you a lot of options, but after one playthrough, it's a little difficult to go through again, at least for me. So if you make something a little more linear, take like Paper Mario with the chapters. You know, there's a set amount of chapters that you play through in a grand story that all makes sense. However, each of the chapters encompasses a dungeon like Blackreach. You reach a point where you get into this major expansive dungeon that has a start and an end point. But whatever you, however you get there, it's up to you. But it's not so massive that you get lost in it and you kind of like lose the drive. It's like... I could spend a couple hours in Blackreach if I wanted to, or I could run it in like 15, 20 minutes maybe if I just sprint right where I have to go and ignore everything, which is nice. That's a kind of enjoyment of an open world setting. It's not too overwhelming, but I have options if I want to look at them. And D&D, like, hey, let's make a D&D video game, a well-made D&D video game. There was D&D Heroes, which was like a 3.5 edition style game that was on the Xbox years ago. Think of it in the forms of like Gauntlet, those very old, awesome arcade games. That's kind of what I'm talking about if you ever played it. You know what I'm talking about, where they have these dungeon setups, but there's a number of exploration points in it where, yes, my end goal is right here. And the dungeon points me to that direction, but there's a lot of side rooms I can go to. There's secret areas I could find, things like that that allow me to spend some extra time if I wanted to, to level up and grind and get some awesome treasure, or I can just run straight to the goal. However, it wasn't like an exceptional game. You know, D&D was popular back then, but I don't think it was popular enough, and the studio wasn't as experienced with the game, and it was hard to determine, like, how do you take turn-based fantasy combat and make it into this RPG? And, you know, it's supposed to be a party game with up to four people, so it was, it was a challenge to take. 
But this is like, you know, we're taking all these pieces. I'm going all over the place with discussion of how to make a solid dungeon crawl game personally. So here are the elements, like to highlight the elements, taking everything that has been said that I've been going all over the place with, and let's just bring it down to one focused point. Dungeon crawling at its core is about exploration. Finding loot, fighting monsters, coming up with creative ways to get around the obstacles. That's at the heart of a dungeon crawl game. If we want to make a game that's focused more around that, something on the scale of like Skyrim, a very lengthy and big game, we need to have larger dungeons, not copy and pasted thousands of dungeons. Think of Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Skyward Sword compared to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild had hundreds of shrines, but a lot of them were copy and pastes and didn't have much content to them. But you look at Twilight Princess and, you know, even Skyward Sword with the smaller dungeons, still, when you got to a dungeon, you knew you were going to be there for a bit and there was some context to them and there was some exploration you could do within the context of the dungeon. And then from there, having the availability of a diverse character. Take the diversity of Skyrim with building a class and stuff like that. However, give it a setup like Legend of Zelda. A couple big dungeons that you go through that can be explored freely if you so choose. However, instead of just playing a main protagonist that goes on a one single track you can diversify your character as a classical RPG. I think that'd be a pretty cool marriage in terms of a video game that would give us a lot to do. And I'm not talking we have to make this an incredibly lengthy game. Like, I know a lot of games nowadays are looking at a lot of multiplayer or very expansive story. No, you know, give me a game that has some solid playtime to it, but there's enough diversity from character building and exploring the dungeons that there's some replay some replay value to it, you know? I was thinking about it. I thought it'd be kind of a fun little topic to bring up and do something a little shorter this week because the school year is about to start and I'm a high school teacher, so I'm getting prepped for that. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just let me, let me put my thoughts out here for Dungeon Calling because I'm loving it. Heck, I've been spending the last two days with a notebook besides me getting prepped for another D&D game. My adventures are probably just not going to die, but they're going to have a really tough time because I'm trying to make a dungeon that absolutely makes no sense because magic has just broken all reality, pretty much. So this has been on my mind. So yeah, think about just games. You know, think about any game that gave you a chance to explore a dungeon. And we don't have to do like a dungeon in the typical sense, like you go into some ruins or an underground cave looking for loot. You know, Mass Effect, I'd say, had dungeons. You know, you went through the mines or you went through like the outposts in the buildings, like those can be considered dungeons. Think about them. What were, were they good? Were they bad? What did they have to them that made them good? What were the elements that were bad about them? And let's think about how we could make a game that gives us kind of that perfect dungeon crawl experience, but has some length to it and has some context to it. Now, I want to do a quick little kind of like shout out thing. Uh, I've had a pretty busy uh, week at my apartment with some maintenance issues, and, you know, Labor Day's coming up this Monday. So, 
I'm just giving a shout out. Honestly, I think this is the right thing to do. My super's a great guy. I my AC was turned out it was leaking. I did not know it because it was in the corner, and I got a lot of serious water damage in my apartment. I bumped into him today, and I'm like, hey, can you take a look at this? You know, I'm getting rid of the AC, and I just want you to see what happened. And he takes a look at it. He's like, all right, give me a minute. He goes and gets a trolley, and the guy willingly take, helps me take out my AC, throws it out for me. You know, he, he does the whole nine yards, and he's like, and I told him, like, hey, I got the cover again. Don't worry. I'll take care of, you know, fixing the wall and everything, covering it up. And he's like, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll take this out and everything. He's like, put it, you know, put a note in, and I'll, you know, look at this later so I have the proper tools. Like, all I wanted him to do was look at the wall, but instead he goes the extra mile in just helping me take care of the AC and getting rid of it and everything. So with Labor Day coming up, think about, I mean, heck, if you're a New Yorker like me or you're just in a big city living in an apartment and you have an awesome super, you know, give him a thanks. Give him a shake, you know, handshake or whatever. Or just if you don't live in an apartment, just think about someone, whether at work or just a place like your local coffee shop or whatever, you know, give him a thanks. Labor Day is an important day and I don't think it's celebrated too much. And there are people out there who really help us have a good community and keep our community well-knit. All right? So that is it for this week. It's a little short. But hey, sometimes we have these moments where we just want to spill our guts out randomly with what's on our mind and do an unscripted episode and then just move on. Next week, uh, next week I got, I, got, I got plans. I got some thoughts. I think it's going to be a fun week. So we're going we're gonna to have a better week next week, probably a little bit longer. And I'm going to be taking down the update online so i'm just letting you know now that since everything's now on youtube if you want to comment on anything you can still shoot an email or you can go right to youtube i don't have a custom url yet just do a little bit of searching or go to anchor i have the youtube link there in the description of the channel and you can just hop over to youtube and post some comments right there on the videos themselves so thank you all for listening enjoy your labor day weekend and i will catch you all next week